podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and thank you for downloading episode 5 of the Glasgow is Green podcast, aka Gigpod. I'm Stevie and on today's show I'll be talking about the low points mainly from yesterday's 2-2 draw at Easter Road. Now I was supposed to be joined by a talented and humorous co-host on this episode known for quick wit, catchy punchlines and snappy patter. But unfortunately, Janie Godley pulled out at the last minute. <laughs> John, how's it feel to be a substitute for wee Godders? If only I had her money. Great book, though. Yep, I'm looking forward to getting that for uh, Christmas. So, any listeners want to send me a, a Christmas gift, you know what to get me. Well, the press conference, inevitably on Monday, who will be shouting, Peter, get the door. <laughs> Sadly, I think the door's going to be uh, staying slammed shut for a while. Well, let's just go right into this one, John. Neil Lennon. He's not going to just leave, is he? No chance, uh, unfortunately. I think he'll still believe that he can turn around all the problems that we've got. Because we've done it before, in 2011, we're sort of in a similar situation, although Rangers probably won't go administration this time. I think he'll have faith in his ability, even though like, it's, we can all see it with our own eyes that things are badly wrong in Celtic. Yeah, it's 11-12 all over. And it seems to be that the strategy is we're just hoping Rangers slip up spectacularly like they did uh, in 2011-2012 after our horror run initially. Or we're just suddenly going to pick up form out of nowhere despite it almost being December now. And we've had a total of, what, three or four decent halves of football? It's really not good enough, is it? No, I mean, I kind of think in an actual game where we've played brilliantly in both halves this season. Unless like one has just slipped my mind completely. We've played well for like 30 minutes, 20 minutes. That's been enough to win his games, usually, in the Premier League because we've got much better players. But that's not even happening anymore. Are Rangers going to slip up big time? Because for what I'm checking now, they're winning at the moment 3-0 now against <laughs> Aberdeen. Rangers seem to go out with a bit of intent, kill off a game, and then see it out. And it's the opposite of how we're playing now. We are starting the game for about five minutes, fairly comfortably when it gets to half an hour in you're like where is this going and I don't know what Neil Lennon's doing with these guys in training because it seems to be all the teams we play against certainly like top six anyway John they set up with 10 men behind the ball against us and then hit us on the break that was Hibs game plan yesterday and you know they would have got away with it if it wasn't for brother Madden of course we did contribute to that though with some truly sensationally stupid decision making though you know even before the game, there was like there was nothing positive or, or optimistic or anything. You had Neil Lennon moaning about Ryan Christie featuring heavily for Scotland, and yet he played on the entire match anyway. Now, he should know that Steve Clark isn't the type of manager that's just going to back down to him because he wants him to, to be fit for the game against Hibs and fully energised. He didn't back down to guys like, you know, Gerard and all that. He's not going to do it with Lennon. And it just seems like that negative energy Lennon is festering. It's constant. He's always moaning about something else and he should have known that Steve Clark was definitely going to be playing Christy heavily in the matches. Again, that's sort of just a distraction type of thing for Lenny. I mean, I don't really pay that much attention to his press conferences unless he's having a shoot on a referee or something or making some barb about another team. That's sometimes interesting, but I think football manager press conferences these days are just mainly to tell you who's injured and who's not, and then you can forget about the rest. And even then, sometimes they're not always telling the truth about players being injured. 
It's no great to say the least what's happening to Celtic the new. I mean, it's hard to believe like just eight months ago before, back when things were normal, like we were on the verge of going to Ibrox and like a win there where they took us like thirteen points clear, I think. And now we're just <laughs> we're just in the in the gutter. What a strange game football is, Stephen. It's a funny old game, as they say, John. Is. But, you know, that's the thing. Our, when we were going to Ibrox before, earlier this year, we would have been gallus for it, full of confidence. And personally, I was just looking forward to playing them, I mean, even if it was behind closed doors, because we would have won by about four or five. Aye. Now our next trip to Ibrox, personally, I don't know about you here, I'm fucking dreading it. Oh, we'll get pumped. Unless there's a huge change in attitude in the next five weeks, I think it is. We'll just crumble when we go there. And I don't think there's any chance that like Lenny or nobody manager for the trip to Ibrox, because I think he will be, because I think this I think the Scottish Cup is a sort of distraction for us as well. You know what we were saying, like what would it take for Lenny to leave and like would Lowell and that sack him? They wouldn't. Well we've still got the chance of winning this fourth consecutive treble. I mean, I know it's like strange timing because like the game should have been played like uh, seven months, eight months ago, but they'll see that as a big achievement, and I suppose it is if we win it again, and I think unless something well, ridiculous happens, we will beat hearts. So, I, I don't know. I think this cup final is a distraction as well, but we can talk about that more near the time. It's now 4 0 to Rangers. Oh, good. Ah, podcast of positivity is this one. I mean, you expected it, because like, some of these best players are unavailable due to the virus and they're just not that good a team either and it's mortifying that we even drew three each with them yes I missed that game I went to a Ray Harryhausen exhibition instead and I made the right decision we'll go on about Celtic and their general problems a wee bit later on apparently we know all about them as a certain <laughs> fan base things we both were Scottish football fine and steals yesterday we saved Scottish football and Roderick Petrie's kids we put them through college because we got Hibs TV yesterday, so already we done a part there, John. However, we had to put up with Thomas McManus on the comms, but did it beat listening to Gerald McCulloch? The answer is yes, do you agree? <laughs> They're both great guys doing a great job, that's all I'll say. <laughs> anyway, but what I'll say is, Hibs TV, the stream, never crashed once for me. See, when I'm watching on Celtic TV, it's jumpy sometimes, but the Hibs TV one was actually not bad. I will, I will just say, though, uh, I had it on the radio as well, and the radio was a headache. So, when there was something up with Radio Scone, just the, you know, that open more mics thing, the day, they couldn't do that. But at the start of the second half, they decided to interview uh, Derek McInnes. And then, all of a sudden, during the interview, you heard uh, a proclaimer song playing in the background. And I thought, does that mean Hibs have scored? And then, Hibs did score. I would walk 500 miles for a new Celtic manager. For a new Celtic co-host. <laughs> oh, you're doing a no-bad job. Thank you, John. No, talking about the game yesterday, I mean, it was woeful. How's pitch was in worse nick than me this morning. A tedious game, a keep ball, without doing anything other than a speculative Christy effort for range. And it's always seemed to do it. It's like, pass the ball sideways, back to Ayer, back to Bain, a punt up the pitch. You know, their defenders head it clear because we've, we've got no presence up front. We've got no target man, we've got no bully up front. And essentially, that that is all the games ever are. It's just stale, predictable passing. And then if if we're really out of ideas, give it to Christie to have a shot. And so, so monotonous. Actually, Christie's shots weren't that bad. Just that he did have like uh, five on target. And like, the goalie did make some good saves. So 
for once you kind of criticise me about that. But as you say, we in the first half with loads of possession, but did Harley and Weir at all? Like apart from Christie, I can think of one chance we had when it was a jetty when he rolled his man and then put it miles out of the bar. But as you say, apart from that, with loads of the ball went just side to side. The midfield just doesn't work anymore. Brown and McGregor, they're far too similar. Like one of them has to get dropped. I don't know if Lennon will do that. Do we like to talk about the goals we gave away? Yeah, I was just going to get into it. I mean, <laughs> you're saying Brownie's dropped. What was he doing for that penalty? I can't. I watched that now six times. Why? For God's sake, why? Because I'm trying to make sense as to what Brown was doing. And it, I, I can't imagine what was going through his head. It, I mean, even you can't even turn around and say Brother Madden was in the wrong. It was a stonewaller. But can we just uh, pay tribute to Neil Beaton's utterly bizarre part he played in it? Well, for some reason, he blocked off a Hibs guy when he was like 40 yards away from our goal and gave away an utterly needless free kick. And for the free kick, they get the penalty. What were they thinking? I don't know what the pen and I'm doing, and it's just lack of concentration. I mean, Lennon's coming out after the game saying the players were lazy and they're slack, but it seems to be every game there's no concentration. I could understand, right, if they were performing so highly uh, and they were firing on all cylinders, and then you've got like a wee bit of a concentration lapse because they've been performing at such a good standard, but they were terrible all game, and then that was just a lazy, lazy bit of play, both from Beaton and Brown and it results in us getting 1-0 down and even John at the penalty when Bain saves it, his players are far more alert to it than us, we had no one falling in the penalty, it was shocking Oh that was criminal that, I mean if it goes back to Nisbet and it scores then fair, fair enough, I mean that can happen but it goes to Murphy who's <laughs> in another area of the penalty votes completely, god it was dire <laughs> you look, I'm sorry I'm laughing but it's all you can do at this point because you look at the second goal it's a route one punt and then a free header and even Beaton's got nowhere near Nisbet who finishes pretty well for an angle but he shouldn't even be getting the right to score for there No, that was another terrible goal I mean, we're getting away far too many goals this season that is the big difference between us and uh, our old pals across the city I mean if we just look at the amount of goals conceded, we've conceded 13 in 13 games now. That is, we talked about it in the last podcast, the amount of goals we've given away, and it's just nowhere near good enough. And it's until we sort out, like, the dodgy defence, we're not going to win the league this season. I thought, initially, you know, after the Aberdeen 2-0 game in the Cup, I thought near Beaton was the answer at the back. But beat on yesterday was dire. At one point, actually, see when the, it was quite interesting to see. I think it was in the first half. Ayer made some recovery tackle. I think on Martin Boyle, and he was the only player that burst a gut to really get back and stop Boyle getting the shot in. And he was so pissed off and he looked frustrated at the rest of the defenders around about him. And even yesterday, when I think it was Murphy followed up to make it one 0 Ayer was the only player. Like getting raging at the rest of the team for not following it in. I think his attitude is to be commended. And again, yesterday he wasn't that bad. But when he's part of a back line that is still, that's now been since what, August, contributing to a lot of our downfalls this season? No, I mean, there's problems all over the pitch. The goalkeeping situation, we can't decide who the best goalkeeper is. The defence is chopped and changed every week. We miss Julian, it has to be said. 
but we should still have the players that are good enough to deal with Scottish Premier League journeymen, let's face it. Uh, midfield, Brown and McGregor's just done, basically, now. I mean, it was a brilliant partnership, but that ship sailed long ago. I mean, I love Rogic and El is great as well, but if they don't play, we don't play. And then up front, I don't think Lenny knows what our best sort of strike partnership is, or just playing... One man up front. I don't know why didn't they start Edward yesterday. I thought Edward would have been well up for it after they uh, scored their goals for France. That was another weird decision. And a J8 didn't really do anything apart from one shot out of the bar and were much better when Edward came on. But it was a sort of desperation thing to try and rescue the game. But if we talk about our goals, thank you to Brother Madden for the penalty. I thought it was a penalty. And Eddie done well. And Laxalt, who I feel sorry for. That was a, a brilliant finish and a pressure situation, but he must have wondered what he's got into. Did you even celebrate Laxal's goal? No, really, no. I didn't feel any joy when we scored, because I said before the game, we really cannot afford to drop points here. And again, that's just like two points dropped to you, like what Rangers are doing now, and that's what, 11 points. I've got, and even if Rangers do something really stupid and they slip up, right, I've got no faith in a Celtic team taking advantage of it now. No, I mean, we've still got the two games in hand, but God knows when they're going to get played. Maybe one will get played before Christmas, and then we'll still have two games in hand because we've got the cup final as well. I, 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 no, I've not got any faith in they're going on a run at all. I mean, even if we win the next five or six league games, which on paper we should, they look better than the ones we've had recently. The big test is going to buy Brooks, and I just can't see the Celtic team doing anything there apart from getting a a pump, basically. I watched Hibs against Dundee, right? And they were so slow and lethargic at the back, John. And you just set up against that Hibs team to just hit them on the counter. Let them have all the ball, right? This is just me talking. Let Hibs have all the ball and come at us. Sit deep and then just utilise Laxalt and Frimpong and hit them in the break because they're so tediously bad at the back. And that's how I would have set up against them. That's how I've been saying Celtic should be set up, setting up in general, though. Just let other teams have the ball. Come at us, pick them off very quickly, and then sit in against them when but you're one or two nil up. See the game out. But I'm just a daft to be a podcast, John. What do I know? Um, I think Celtic might prepare for the games maybe like five minutes before they kick off. If we're being generous, like we've got Sparta Prague in the Europa League on Thursday. Then we've got Ross County in the League Betfair Cup next Sunday. I mean, does anyone really care about the games? Do you? You look at it under like Dyla and Rogers. I was always embarrassed. Uh, in Europe, when I was cutting about with Celtic top on, and people, I felt as if people were just laughing because of the dunes that we used to take. That's just me, though. I'm no doubt ultimately paranoid there, John. But yeah, I do care. I don't want to see us uh, going on Thursday night getting horsed or Sparta Prague, and the very thought of us making an arse of it against Ross County as well is it's embarrassing. Sometimes you have to wonder, and I'm just thinking out loud here that what sort of result is it going to? I mean. Like Tony Mowbray St Mirren, right? That was unavoidable. And you would have thought the Sparta Prague 4 1 game with Lennon was his sort of Mowbray moment. But what is it going to take until Lennon has that type of moment? Are we talking like a, us not beating St Johnston? Because a St Johnston is a team that we constantly take points from. In my opinion, they're the most pointless, idiotic bunch of jobbers in our league. Wait a minute, what about Hamilton? I'm telling you, I, it's St Johnston, the team I hate even more than Hamilton. Now, the 6th of December, we play St Johnston. Now, 
I'm saying on record to the audience, to you, to the big man upstairs, that's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't beat St. Johnston yes. convincingly, yes. that is the moment I will do a podcast every single day to champion Liam Lennon to go, because that would be the moment for me. All bets are off. You don't, wait a minute, you don't think you should go already? I do, but mm. I'm just saying that would be the point where my patience is completely exhausted. I'm willing to understand that a team can't win every week, right? I'm willing to accept that COVID and other factors have played their role in what has been a turbulent season for us so far. Mm-hmm. doesn't excuse anything, but I can understand the disruption. I would not be able to accept, forgive, or even rationally understand us not being able to beat St. Johnston. A minimum three points required there and at least taking four or five off them because I've said constantly, especially on TJDS blog, they are the most pitiful, pointless bunch of jobbers in this league. And that would be the moment for me if we didn't beat them. I would release a podcast every day, five minutes of fury <laughs> for Lennon to go. That that would that's it, that's that would be his mobile moment for me. What about you? Even if we did beat St. Johnson, that doesn't prove anything because we're expected to beat St. Johnson. No, I know I'm not saying it proves anything. I'm just saying that would be a, like the Mowbray moment for me. I think it'll all be doing the Ibrox. And even then, if we beat the Ibrox, which unless something ridiculous happened in the next five weeks, I think we will. I still don't know if the board would get rid of him. I think there's a reticence to get rid of him. There shouldn't be, but there is. He should have went after Ferencvaros. That was horrendous result of course it didn't matter because this season's all about 10 in a row that was a really bad result against a bad a, I know they, they got to the Champions League but they weren't a good team and Lenny didn't help by playing Christie up front for some ridiculous reason but that was a huge warning sign like Kamarnock back in August was rubbish we gave away that penalty they made the one then we didn't create another chance the whole game and even the games we've won like Dungeon United has been a struggle and that that even like if we drew with St. Johnson, that'd be the breaking point for uh, for you, as you say. No doubt on social media, people would be going ballistic if they're only already, which they probably are. I don't think it would be for the Celtic board. I think he's let's face it, he's Peter Lowell's guy. He gave him the job in the shell. <laughs> that was what a weird day that was. On reflection, I think that has to go down to one of Celtic's strangest days in the last twenty years or something. You think of things that's happened at Celtic, but. I think it'll lock him down to this game at Ibrox. I mean, if we can, the, the guy that loves to beat Rangers more than MD, if we can get a reaction for this team there, then it's done. Hopefully, the board would recognise that. Hopefully, Lennon himself would recognise that and say it's time to go. But I have my doubts either of the parties will. God knows what position we could be in by then. I mean, I've been looking at our league fixtures between now and Ibrox. And they are. Games we should win. We've got your favourite guys, St. Johnson. Then Kilmarnock at home. Ross County at home. Hamilton away. Dungeon United at home. But even if we do win all their games, we'll probably still be like double figures behind because we've got another league game cancelled because of the cup final. So, <laughs> I don't know. Even a, a good run of wins probably wouldn't be enough to save Lennon. After the Rangers game, the fixture isn't even that bad. Hibs at home, Levy at home, St Mirren away, Hamlin at home. We should be able to put together like 10 league wins in a row. But... Well, you're talking about us having a, a, a fairly straightforward run. Aye. Now, 
two weeks today, Rangers are away to Ross County. Mm. They're then, the week after that, they go away to Tanadice. They're at home to Motherwell. They're away at McDermott Park on the 23rd. The two games they're playing before they play us at Ibrooks, home to Hibs, and then away to St Mirren. It's not that easy for them on paper, but of course football isn't played on paper. But <laughs> realistically, they're probably going to win the majority of their games, and as you say, we'll still be behind and trailing them for the game at Ibrooks, which they are going to be favourites for, as depressing as that is to say. I kind of see them drop that many points because they don't concede hardly any goals. Was it they've conceded three goals or something this season? That is ridiculous. This has been a miserable podcast, right? Let's salvage it very quickly here. There's a wee bit of positivity. Yes. Possibly. Possibly we could have Diego out on a permanent transfer. Now, this has been reported on, I think it was in Italian media, from Gianluca DiMarzio.com, where it's saying that we're increasingly convinced about Laxalt, which obviously is understandable. He's been fantastic for us. Aye. But it's been reported that, I don't know if this is just Italian version of the Daily Record or so, making stuff up, but we've got to cling to something positive here. Do you think there's a chance that we can get him on a permo? Well, I'd love it if we could keep Laxalt, because he's been fantastic, but... I don't know, I have my doubts. I depends how much money Milan would want for him. Although we could maybe do a deal involving money and Ayer, because I know that Milan were interested in Chris Ayer, but we don't really want to lose him. He's still one of our better players. I don't know, it'd be a huge bonus if we could keep holding him, but what do you think? I'd love to sign him permanently. He's excellent. I wouldn't want to lose Chris Ayer, though, so um, it's, it's a tough one. To, if we could sign him while not getting rid of Ayer, absolutely, you know, no brainer. If we have to sign him, but Chris Ayer has to leave, that's a, I'd, I'd rather not. To be honest, I would hate, I would hate to think where we'd be without Chris Ayer now. And again, I know that he's been part of a defence with all these problems, but he's been the most stable part of it still. I know. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. Really, he must be pissed off with all the lunacy he's going on. And he's fellow defenders. See, before I go, do you want an analogy that I'm going to finish on here, John? Yes, please. What Celtic are like now, John, is an iceberg. But you see 10% of it, right, being visible, and that's on the pitch. But the remainder of the problems is under the surface. <laughs> and that is why I firmly believe Lawwell and Co. and the top beaks are. Let me tell you another thing, John. Celtic claim they're a big club, right? Bayern Munich, last year, in October, went to London and they beat Spurs 7-2. Now, Niko Kovac was heralded as a genius for that. Niko Kovac would still get sacked regardless one month later. The next day, Bayern brought in Hans Flick, and I think the results of that speak for itself. The guy went on to win the league, salvaging what, I think they were 10 points behind Dortmund, and then, of course, won the Champions League. So, for anyone there who thinks that Celtic FC stop existing when Neil Lennon somehow goes there you are a football club is always going to be far far bigger than the manager despite what you read in social media about Neil Lennon and his band of super fans such beautiful words there I can only agree with every single one of them John thank you and again thank you for taking the time to be on this painful fifth episode with me but you were a great stand in for wee godders um, if only I could be as funny as her I tried, I tried, but probably didn't succeed. Thanks for listening, everybody, and hopefully 
sooner rather than later we can start having happy podcast episodes where we can concentrate on Celtic victories and no. Just a truly crappy situation. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll speak to you soon. We will indeed, and Stevie. And I'll catch up with you next time when I'm on with John next Sunday. And remember, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and all the usual platforms where you get your podcasts, because there's going to be a, hopefully two special episodes next week. I'm not going to give anything away on here. If all goes to plan, though, you should be very happy by Thursday next week. And I'm not talking about when Celtic go on horse Sparta Prague, so catch us later. Podcast Network.